We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost incomplete. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. Go to sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And the best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free Sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try it for free at sports.axios.com. It is week six of the NFL season, and on Monday Night Football, we have the two one and one Detroit Lions going against the four and one Green Bay Packers. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we're going to break down the full injury report for both teams, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. What do the Lions need to do to come out with the victory? Find out on episode 48 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast on the Blue Wire Network for episode 48. All right, guys. So for this episode, we are going to break down the Green Bay Packers. But before we get into that, I want to thank you guys for all the support from the last episode in the mailbag. 
You guys killed it with support. You guys have just been killing it with support all season long. So I really want to say thank you guys so much. Got the two usuals as always. Before we get into this Packers football team, I kind of want to get into the Lions and the Packers injury report. I want to start off with the Lions injury report. So, Peter, you want to read off the Lions injury report, and I'll be stuck with reading this long-ass list for the Packers injury report. I got you. <clears throat> for the Lions, we got Mike <laughs> Daniels' foot, who didn't practice. We got Deshaun Hand elbow, who didn't practice. But I think it's more of a rest with Deshaun Hand because he practiced a lot yesterday. Like He was doing a lot more, and he didn't practice today. <clears throat> Amani Uruwurie, no practice. He has a knee injury. Ashawn Robinson, knee no practice, but he did practice yesterday. A lot of people on Twitter are speculating that it could be a just rest day for him. He has like a little knee issue. They're just praying it's safe, but we don't know. We'll find out more tomorrow. Oh, Pierre, I just want to cut yeah, you off real quick. Yeah. I just want to classify what you mean yesterday. This is Wednesday because this will be going up on Friday. So when he means oh. yesterday, when he means yesterday, he means really Wednesday. Thursday was the day they didn't practice. And I bet. He's talking about Thursday's injury report, right? Practice report. Yes, right this is Thursday injury report. And Wednesday, they didn't release an injury report, but they practiced. They don't have to release an injury report because they plan Monday night for Wednesday. Yep, exactly. I just want to make that clear. If you know, you're listening on Friday yesterday and then you look at, yeah, it just wouldn't make sense. So I just wanted to clear that up. All right, my bad. So, um, yeah, like I said, with Aishon, it, it could just be them playing it safe, but we don't know because on Wednesday he practiced. He didn't practice on Thursday, so we'll see. Um, Danny Amendola. He has a chest injury, same injury. He suffered versus the Eagles, I believe. Didn't play versus Kansas City, but I think he'll play this week. He was limited. Um, Quandre Diggs has a hamstring injury. Now, those are tricky. That's probably going to be a game-time decision with him. He's limited. TJ Hawkson, concussion limited, but TJ is close to passing protocol. Um, But concussions are weird because, like, he could all of a sudden get headaches and stuff, and he could be ruled out. So we'll see what happens with TJ. Uh, Darius Slay, hamstring limited. He should be good to go. Matthew Stafford, full practice with a hip. He also should be good to go. The only big concerns to me are, we already know Daniels isn't going to play. It's probably Ashawn Robinson and Deshaun Hand. Other th- And Quandre Dix probably, but I'm not worried about Dix because we have a lot of depth at safety. So yeah. those are my biggest concerns. Ashawn and Hand, because they, they need those guys, man. They need to generate pressure on that Packers O-line that we'll talk about. Yeah, that list for sure got bigger from past few weeks but that's obviously expected with you know more football being played but let speaking me get of, it <laughs> i'm gonna say speaking of long lists yeah <laughs> i just i just took a sip of gatorade right now i'm i'm ready i think all right <clears throat> hold up uh i let me give a shout out to pierre for writing this list first of all because the list he sent me earlier i believe it was the official packers page please fire whoever's making that list right now i'm sorry <laughs> if you're you're probably not listening to it whatever Fire, man, because that list was so disorganized and I could not read this list. So shout out to Pierre for writing a way more organized list for me. I got you. All right. Let me get right straight into it. So do not practice. This is a huge one for the Green Bay Packers. And this is Devontae Adams. So he obviously missed last week versus Dallas. I don't want to get into depth with all these guys because it's so long. I don't want to talk too much about it. But yeah, Devontae did not practice. Cornerback Tony Brown did not practice. Safety Darnell Savage did not practice. Tight end Robert Tunyon did not practice. Former line. line. Yep. All right. Let's get into the limited practice. Montrevious Adams, shoulder, one of their you know, defensive ends, did, was a limited practice. Kenny Clark, a big defensive tackle, had a tough year, limited. Kevin King, another corner, <laughs> another starting corner, was limited. Tight end, another tight end, Mercedes Lewis, heel. 
Corey Lindsley, the starting center, has a concussion. Will Redmond, another safety. Aaron Rodgers is on this list. Marquez <laughs> Valdez-Scantley's on this list. Charmaine Will Williams, Brian Bulaga. That was rest. And then Jimmy Graham was rest as well. Okay, so that's not a big deal. Oh, my God. Okay, they had some full practice. They had Kyle Farkwell, Oren Burks, wide receiver Darius Shepard. Darius Smith is in this list, and then running back Jamal Williams, who had a very scary injury uh, week four to Philadelphia. But okay, hold up, guys. Let me get a sip of water real quick because that was real bad. But yeah, that's a long ass injury list. So, what's your guys' thoughts and reactions? Because I cannot talk right now. That was way too long. Um, <laughs> the Packers are injured, but we, we have to wait until Monday, like if, they, if they'll play or not. Most of their injuries, the, their biggest two injuries are Devontae Adams. <clears throat> And Darnell Savage. Savage is a starting safety. He's a rookie, but he's not playing like a rookie. He's been all over the field making plays. And then Devontae Adams, to me, is a top five wide receiver. We saw Darius Slay said it. He said it's probably the toughest wide receiver to cover. He's one of the best route runners in the league. He's up there with Keenan Allen with the best route runners. So, yeah. So, we'll definitely see. All right. Let's get straight into this Packers offense so i know pierre's got the list of this packers offense you want to go ahead and read out that list and who do i have to be concerned about on this packers offense all right so I know Rogers, obviously a threat yeah they have quarterback aaron Rodgers. to be honest Rodgers is a good quarterback but for whatever reason he just hasn't looked like aaron Rodgers this year he looked like that versus the eagles but in the other games he just hasn't looked that good he's been okay they're um, still winning football that's scary yeah, we'll, we'll get into why they're winning football games. Uh, running back, Aaron Jones. Uh, they got Jamal Williams. They called up Trey Carson last week from the practice squad. And they got rookie Dexter Williams, who they say he's not ready. He's been always an inactive, um, a healthy scratch. So Aaron Jones, I mean, dude balled out against Dallas. And Dallas that. has a really good run defense, okay? They stopped. They, they did well against the Saints in their run defense. They're linebackers. Dallas is linebackers for whatever reason. Jalen Smith and Lane Vanderish are one of the two best young linebackers. They played awful. Um, but Aaron Jones is really good. And Jamal Williams is solid number two. Then at wide receiver, with Devontae Adams likely out, they have Marcus Vandel Scatling starting. They got uh, Gmo at the slot. And they got Jake Kumaro. The other starter, and then they also have the rookie from last year, Equinamus St. Brown. These guys are solid. I just want to say a quick stat, though. Um, Rodgers was 4 for 12 for 55 yards, throwing to his wide receivers against the Cowboys. He threw to his backs and tight ends, but you could just see he just doesn't have a good connection with them. Especially Marcus Valdez-Scantling. He's not connecting with him. I read a thing from uh, Packers Wider, I believe. He said, like, Rodgers is zigging or zagging. Like, let's say Rodgers is zigging, Vandal Scatling is zagging. They're just on the same page. But Vandal Scatling does have some speed to him, so I'd expect Slay to shadow him if Adams doesn't play. Um, now let's get into their tight ends. Their tight ends, they got some savvy veterans. They got Jimmy Graham. He's not the old Jimmy Graham, but he could still, like, get you those yards, and he's still a threat in the red zone. Mercedes Lewis, who's a, who's like, who's a big guy also in the run game or passing game, and Robert Tunney in the former line, he's injured. They also got Jay Sternberger on IR. I liked him, but I believe he's on IR. Yeah, he is. Okay, now this is where their strength is, okay? Their O-line is their strength. It allows their running game get going. David Bakatari, a left tackle, one of the best left tackles, but he's had six penalties this year. 
He's holding a lot. I don't know why. Maybe it's just age. I don't know what's going on. He's allowed a sack this year. Um, you got left guard Elton Jenkins. He's not playing like the rookie. This guy is the best guard on the roster right now. Um, he hasn't allowed a sack and has been good in the run game. You got Corey Lindsley, who we know he's a, he's a really good center. He's in concussion protocol right now. You got right guard Billy Turner. They signed him from the Broncos. He's their worst starting O-line. He's not the best pass blocker, but he's good in the running game. He was actually a bright star in the running game against Dallas. He opened up holes. They ran behind him a lot. Then you got right tackle Brian Balaga, who in my opinion is probably the best tackle in the NFL. Best tackle. I say that because he hasn't allowed a single pressure or a single sack this year. And they played the Bears. They played the Cowboys. That's Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Demarcus Lawrence, the Cowboys. I mean, the Eagles, yeah. So Vikings. Maybe he'll have a bad game this week, but I doubt it. Brian Balaga is really good. You could see when he went out versus Philly, that's when Philadelphia started getting pressure on Rodgers. That's their offense. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> lots of digest right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, their offense is definitely, I wouldn't say great, uh, but they're definitely solid. It's for definitely not the best offense we've played this year because, you know, we played a team called the Kansas City Chiefs. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a different type of offense that we've played, I guess you could say, compared to our last matchup versus the Chiefs. This team is more run-heavy. They're a better run team than the Kansas City Chiefs. And tight ends are not as used in the system as like the Kansas City Chiefs use. And right. So one thing I've noticed that we could do this week, unlike we've had to do the last two weeks, there's no need to double team a, a like a tight end this week, you know. Like how if we don't have to double team like a Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz this week, because you know you could leave Jimmy Graham one on one and you could probably handle him pretty well. I think, and I know this is Malcolm's thinking too. We have to stop the run in this game. That is the main 100%. enforcement. That is the main enforcement in this game, especially without Devonte Adams out there. If you get that run game stopped, it, it sounds crazy, but you probably would rather have Aaron Rodgers pass the ball more than having Aaron Jones run all over you because if you could stop that run game without Devontae Adams, their wide receivers are, you know, they're not bad, but I think our secondary outplays them and they're a better sec. We have a better secondary than their wide receivers without Devontae Adams because without Adams, that's a huge loss to their offense. And honestly, with, you know, Adams looking like he's not going to be playing this week, I'm a lot more optimistic on our defensive side of the ball this week than if Adams was playing in Lambeau. All right, let's get into like the matchups. But first, I do I do agree. I think the Lions will play like a bare front. They'll probably use more big bodies up front. What I mean by that is if Ashawn is playing, put Ashawn in there. Put Snacks in there. Put Davis in there. Um, at the end, put DK. You know, maybe put Ashawn a little at defensive end. And stack put... Like, guys that are big in the middle, like Jared Davis in the box. You know, maybe Jelani Tavai gets more snaps. You need to stop the run. They, they got to stop the run. If they don't stop the run, it, it's like, it gets scary, you know, because Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Even without Devontae Adams, it's like Aaron Rodgers. He's still one of the Definitely. best quarterbacks in the league. Most so definitely. you have to stop the damn run. And I think they will because Patricia had two weeks <clears throat> to prepare for this Packers team and I, I just think they'll throw some curveballs at them that they haven't seen you know yeah man it's yeah. definitely gonna be interesting so Malcolm you've been a little quiet this podcast so far what do you got to say 
I mean, I, I agree with you guys. You guys pretty much take, took the words out of my mouth about, um, you know, stopping the run. I think stopping the run is is the major key in this game because you can't let Aaron Jones just, you know, run all over the place. And then if that happens, and then Aaron Rodgers um, gets the play action going, and he's going to find guys. Even though we do match up really well against these guys, if the run is, if they, their running game is going and Aaron Rodgers have time to do the play action and roll out the pocket and – have time to do stuff because of the run game. It's gonna be a long night. So stopping the run, st- yeah, stopping the run is, is key. And that to me, and I said that I said that in the last part that that's the that's the key to that's the key to this game is stopping the run. Yeah, I I feel you guys, but the thing we have to also factor in this is still Aaron Rodgers, like we mentioned. It is, and we are kind of. I feel like I know we say our secondary is better than their wide receivers. And I, I'm not disagreeing with that because I just said that right now. But I was looking up a stat. The Lions, I believe, are 31 in pressure. And, you know, you could say that they've been rushing three. They've been rushing four only a lot. That is true. It is true. But what I'm saying is, though, if you're only rushing three, only rushing four against Green Bay, and that offensive line, and giving Rodgers time, those wide receivers will eventually get open. I don't care how good our secondary is compared to their wide receivers. You give any wide receiver that amount, or you give a quarterback and a wide receiver that amount of time, they'll get stuff connected. And so that's another thing. The Lions, we've mentioned, I think, every single game preview. The Lions need to get pressure. And it has gotten better. You look at the KC game, the effect is some plays that Patrick Mahomes is doing. And it's got to get going again this week and maybe at a higher level. And this is probably the most talented offensive line we've faced this year. I think that's fair enough to say. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it's, it's definitely gonna be, you know, difficult to generate pressure, but you know, our guys like Trey Flowers, Romeo Quara, Devon Kennard, this will be a great game for them to step up and, you know, you know, pressure Aaron Rodgers, like kind of like how we did when we played them last year, week five, when, you know, our guys had a day. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we've underestimated them, but you can't give too much time to Aaron Rodgers. I don't care who his wide receivers are. He can make me look – He, I could eventually get – okay. okay what? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I could eventually get open <laughs> with that time. But, yeah, so they just need to get pressure faster than previous weeks. So. Well, what I would do is they have that – I said that rookie right guard, Elton Jenkins, but he's still a rookie. You know, hopefully Patricia maybe can throw some different looks at him, throw some stunts at him. And Billy Turner, he's not also like their two guards. Probably is the biggest weakness on their team, I think, because you got a rookie guard. He's playing well, but he's still a rookie. And you got Billy Turner, who's not the best in pass protection. So if they could kind of confuse those guys, throw some stunts at them, throw them different looks, yeah, they're maybe could generate some pressure that way. Um, let's get into like how our corners match up with their wide receivers if Adams doesn't play. All right, okay. so you got. Their starters are likely on the outside are Marcus Vandel Scaling, um, Jake Kumaro, and then you got Germano Alexander, I believe, in the slot. So I think it's pretty simple. You put Slay on Velda Scaling, you put Coleman on Gmo, and then you put um Rashawn Melvin. Thank you. Rashawn Melvin on <laughs> Jake Kumaro. I mean, that's what I would do. You Sounds like lockdown, if you ask me. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to stop the run and then kind of force Aaron Rodgers to get those guys involved in this offense. Kind of force him to get those guys involved in the offense. 
Um, it's definitely going to be interesting because, like I said, if we're not generating pressure, those guys will get you know those guys will get open. And Marquez Valdez Scantling, well, guy, his name pisses me off so much, so long. <laughs> but he, he he's like he will probably be going against Darius Slay if Devonte is a no go, and that's difficult as itself. But like I'm saying, if you give him like you know you give Rogers his time, those guys will get open. Geronimo will get open. Guys like that, you just cannot be able to give Rodgers too much time in the pocket. Because like I said, Rodgers could kill you with time. I don't care whose wide receivers are. He'll kill you with time. I agree. They have to get pressure, disguise <clears throat> coverages, maybe blitz. Just confuse him. Even if they don't get pressure, just confuse him. Exactly. Disguise coverages, blitz, don't blitz. Like, don't don't be steady. Always like like what they did at Kansas City. They always they were doing different things in the Atari game. They were just confusing them. Exactly. You can't stay like steady rushing four every time or rushing three every time. Like that's just Rogers will eventually and he might struggle in the first quarter, but like I'm telling you, he'll figure it out some way somehow. Like he's that good of a quarterback. He like you said, you might have not looked as great as in like years past. I, I, I can't <laughs> I don't trust that man, man. Believe it or not, with Rogers, he's actually the best first quarter quarterback in the NFL, but then when it comes in like the second half, their offense just like struggles. I guess that's- that's how it's been this year for them, man. They've struggled in the second half They've pretty struggled badly. in the second half, especially in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. They're not money in the fourth quarter for whatever reason. Maybe because teams are figuring out what they're doing. They're quickly stopping it. All right. guys, money in the fourth quarter. I uh, mean, go ahead, I mean about Rodgers, I mean, for some, for some reason, I mean, this is a stat that doesn't really show out, but our secondary has been playing really, really, really good. Right. And um, they pretty much average the opposing quarterbacks to complete only fifty five percent, and that's in total of really good quarterbacks. That's Philip Rivers, that's um, Carson, Carson Wentz, um, that's Patrick Mahomes, and um, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, I, keep, I keep forgetting the little guy, um, Kyler Murray. So they're averaging fifty fifty five percent against the Detroit Lions defense, and I notice every single game they're getting better. They the are. pass rush is getting, you know, they're getting more pressures every game. Um, you know, the, the the secondary look more stickier every single game. So I think as long as it, the trend continues, I think defensively, I think we're going to be okay. Right. I want to get in some numbers. There's something called DVOA. They adjust, like, numbers to, like, strength of schedule and strength of opponents and stuff like that. So right now, Green Bay's pass offense is ranked ninth according to DVOA, and Detroit's pass defense is ranked 12th. And then Green Bay's run offense is ranked ninth, and Detroit's run defense is ranked 14th. So you got a pretty tight matchup there. Good matchups, yep. Really good matchups, yeah. Um, let's take a quick break. All right, let's then... take a quick commercial break, and we will be back with y'all. So I am Tyler, and I'll see y'all in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shape, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex belts or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add a gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close, shave, easy glide, low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash bluewire. For your free trial today. Why Harry's? Harry's is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. That's right, only $2. Harry's is super convenient. 
Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. And if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. That's right, a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at Harry's as H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash BlueWire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com to start shaving better today. All right, guys, we are back. I hope you guys enjoyed my cringy now going to commercial break, but we are back. All right, let's get into this Packers defense now and this defense has been very impressive Pierre's got the name so Peter go ahead off and we'll right. have to watch out on this pack let's team. start with the guys I like to call the Smith brothers they're not brothers but they're playing like brothers all right you got they don't, they don't look Smith alike either and Zadarius Smith they they're combined for 10 and a half sacks these guys are wrecking havoc I mean last week the Cowboys were without Tyron Smith they destroyed their tackle their left tackle all right you you had um Let's let's get into who else they got. So defensive end, they got Dean Lowry, who I like. Is like he's a situational kind of guy. He's a good player. He's a solid player. We talked about Martavius Adams. He's hurt right now. Um, at defensive tackle, they got Kenny Clark, who I think is still over- underrated. I think this guy might give us some problems because last week Chris Jones gave us some problems a little. Sure, dude. Kenny so Clark has had a tough year though so far, especially yeah, in contract year. I mean. I don't know. You just still have to be like be aware. No, yeah, yeah. You have to be, you have to be cautious. Definitely. I'm just saying though, he's not been like Kenny Clark of last year or two years ago. Right. Their middle line juggled. My bad. Their middle linebacker. They got Blake Martinez, who's just a tackling machine. He's like he's a solid linebacker. And they got uh, Oren Brooks, who's also injured with a chest. Those are their starters. Now let's get into their secondary, who I think is kind of like our secondary. They're just really talented. They got. Jair Alexander, who's like their Darius Slay, he's a young kid. This kid's gonna be special when he gets when he like gets more experience. You got Kevin King, their number two corner. He's a really good number two corner. You got Tony Brown, he's hurt right now. Tremont Williams, um, their nickel. We'll talk about him. I think they should have Lions should attack him a lot. Josh Jackson, he's a corner, but they're using him more at safety because he got some ball skills. They got some injuries with uh Savage Hurt, and then Will Redmond also got hurt during that game. So they used Josh Jackson a little as safety. They're starting safeties with with Savage likely out. It'll be um, Adrian Amos from the Bears. He, he's a really good safety in my opinion, and probably Will Redmond with Savage out. I mean, if Will Redmond probably that's if Redmond go. plays. <laughs> yeah, right. And if Redmond doesn't even play, maybe you'll see Josh Jackson. All right. So the Lions played well against Bosa and Ingram. They need to repeat that performance this week. They just have to. These Smith brothers are something else. I mean, they're super talented. They're speedy. They get to the edge. They're not good against the run, but they're really good against the pass this year. They are just killing it. The Lions offensive line has to be on their A game. Um, I definitely agree, man. So I think the way to attack this Green Bay defense, so like we said, their secondary is pretty solid. And their edges are pretty solid, or they're more than pretty solid. They're pretty good. <laughs> right now, so, they're elite. I'm not gonna lie. Right now, both of them are playing uh, yeah. at an elite level. Yeah, they're yeah. playing really. They're playing really well. So, 
I think you run up that middle, man. Kenny Clark, like I mentioned, is struggling right now. I run up, I write up right up that middle, up with carry on all day on them until they figure it out. They want to stop it, and once they want to stop it, then we'll start passing on them. Because I think yes, Jahir Alexander is really good. I think it's gonna be a tight battle with him and Kenny Galladay. You know, like I think that's gonna be like a fair battle. But I think Kenny Galladay's got the height on him. But we've mentioned that. We didn't mention it on air, but we mentioned that the Packers don't really run a kind of stationary defense on like their secondary. They don't run like, you know, like Darius Slay will be guarding Marquez Valdez Scantley the whole game, basically, where Green Bay has kind of like they guard area sides, you know, if that makes right. sense. Their boundaries. Yeah, they're not going to just be guarding like Jahir Alexander will not just be on Kenny Galladay the whole game, you know, they'll okay. be mixed up of him being on Danny Amendola, Marvin Jones, or, right. you know, wh- whatever. So, uh, that's definitely going to be interesting, but, you know, I think the way to expose this Green Bay defense, because it is hard to expose this Green Bay defense because they're pretty damn good. So I try to run the ball a lot, kind of like what you did in KC, because they're willing to give up the run. They really are, if you look at it, man. Yeah, with uh, if, if you look at the Packers, to be honest, I was watching them. They like to play two safeties deep a lot. They don't want anything to get over the top. So you're basically leaving, like, like just a four-man rush to stop the run, basically. And if they don't, so they don't really care to stop the run. That's what I think. And I heard that on a podcast as well. Um, it was the POD podcast. They had a Packers guy on. I forgot his name, but he basically said that he doesn't think the Packers care about stopping them. They just don't want to get anything over their head. So they play two safeties deep. The Packers play a lot of two man and Tampa two, but they have like their own rules. They mix it up. Um, I read, you know, Andy Benoit. Shout out to Andy Benoit. Used to be a Sports Illustrated. This guy does a good film breakdown. He said the Packers played Tampa 2 on the outside at times and man coverage with the slot. So it's hard to throw it deep, but the guys that will that have to have a big game in the passing game, in my opinion, are TJ Hawkinson, J.J. McKissick, uh, Danny Amendola, maybe carry on the screen game. Just like the short passing game needs to be on point in this game because you got pass rushers, you got to get rid of the ball quick for one, and then you all, they also like to play deep. So you got to just get rid of the ball real fast and let those guys do their work. And they really don't have a matchup for TJ Hawkinson if you look at it. Like they don't yeah, have don't anyone. They, they don't have anyone that could really like, you know, go one on one with him. Right. Where, like, they're safe, especially without Darnell Savage, especially without him. So right, I don't think they do. It's going to be really tricky. So I agree. I think you got to really get TJ involved and maybe stay tuned to my bold prediction and. He might be involved in my bold prediction. So, Malcolm, well, what is what is your ways to expose this Green Bay defense? Um, you, you said it. Um, running right up that a gap. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's that's like the weakest link, the weakest part of this team is just running right at them, just running right up that a gap. And I think we're gonna have a lot of success with that with carry on. The thing is, though, I I mean, looking back at the other games, they have and they've been kind of awful. They've been not kind of awful. They've been pretty awful in the run. I think they only the best. Defensive game they had against the run was against the Cowboys, and Zeke was still averaging above five yards a carry. They just were so far behind, they, they couldn't keep feeding Zeke. But I haven't seen the Packers commit to the run at all. Even when they were getting killed in a run game, they never dropped an extra guy. They just, I guess they still prefer not to get beat deep. Yeah, they don't they care rather, the run game. Yeah, and I, I saw a stat somewhere, and I can't, I can't even remember who said it. But um, the Packers, on as far as the opposing quarterbacks doing play action, complete the, the lowest percentage when they play against the Packers. 
because the Packers are just playing the pass. They're not even even during play action. You do a play action, they're going, they're running right at the quarterback. They they don't care if it's a play action or or a pass. They're just running right at the quarterback. Right. So, yeah, they they honestly, I don't, I feel like they don't care. <laughs> they don't. I don't. I feel like they don't care if you run a hundred yards on them or hundred fifty yards. They just don't want to give up big explosive plays in the passing game. Right. But speaking of the passing game, um, Green Bay actually has a pass defense that's third in interception percentage, so they're getting picks. They're fourth in opposing opponent passer rating. They're eleventh in sack percentage. So you got like you're you have a handful in the passing, but if you run the ball and ground and pound. Like just ground and pound all day. Maybe they'll start to change up their defense because if Carrion's like running for 15, 15, 10, 5, 8, you know, just constantly, if he's running like that, they'll have to make adjustments or they'll lose the game. And once that safety creeps up or once those linebackers fall for the play action, there's your deep shot to Marvin or Kenny. Yep. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. And I think Green Bay, in the beginning of this game at least, will give up that run. Like I think they're going to, because you look at the Lions offensive like total rank this year on run game it's not good because when they faced arizona they faced la and when they faced philadelphia they could not get anything going but we've seen when a defense is not really good at stopping the run example like kansas city we ran the ball really well so our numbers are like 27 28 i believe in run offense but that doesn't really tell the story of what our run offense has actually been this year Yes, it's looked awful, but I think when you play a like a team that is willing to give up the run or a team that's not really good at stopping the run, we've seen we've seen well, I mean, we've seen a game that the Lions have taken advantage of that. So, you know, I'd like to see I, I'm assuming at least in the beginning that Green Bay is just gonna continue to do what they're doing because they're, you know, playing well and right. they're gonna they're gonna give up the run in the beginning and not try to give up that deep shot like you guys mentioned. But if, like you said, if carry-on does really get it going, maybe you could see an adjustment like a safety or a linebacker creeping up, trying to stack the box and stop this run and then kind of force Stafford to pass the ball, where I honestly, I'm probably more comfortable with Stafford passing the ball and looking at play action than having carry-on run the ball 27, 26 times. Because I know we love carry-on, but like we don't have that compliment back right now that could like help split the carries or not even like necessarily split the carries but take some of the carries off the workload because you don't want to over workload carry on as well so um this might be a game where we might have to see a little more ty johnson and he's got to have a solid game so we keep carry on and for like so he's not dead as hell by the end of the game you know we need him in shape because you know i think like i said i think they're going to give us the run at first and then you know if he's really doing well then maybe they'll just and Go ahead, Tyler. Real, real quick, um, I was gonna let you know our our rushing defense, our rushing offense is is better than you expect. We're right now ranked thirteenth. Huh? We're ranked thirteenth in total 13th, offense. But according to DVOA, like where they adjusted to like uh, strength of schedule and the opponents we played and stuff, Detroit's run offense is ranked twenty seventh. Oh, that's more accurate. Green Bay's <laughs> run defense is ranked twenty eighth, and then Detroit's pass offense is ranked fourth versus Green Bay's pass defense, which is ranked fifth. So, I mean, like, you look all across the board I mean, with the ones I said earlier. It's a pretty d- good damn matchup. But, uh, yeah, like, this is a matchup where the Lions could take advantage of a bad run defense. And I think this is going to be kind of similar to what they're doing to KC, like, just running the ball a lot. And they were, you know, obviously getting a lot of positive yards. So Yeah, definitely. 
So I expect that a lot in, like I mentioned, right up the A-gap, right up on those defensive tackles because they cannot stop shit. <laughs> and then when you run the ball, those pass rushers get tired, you know? Like, you get the pass rush tired, yeah, and then you could, you could pass the ball. And then I'd also, um, with their corners, I'd go at Tremont Williams all day. He's 38 years old. He's a savvy veteran, but he's not what he used to be. And then I'd also... Um, I'd you also expect Danny Amendola to be on him, right? You expect Danny Amendola? Danny Amendola, yeah. Okay. If he, yeah, he should play. Then I'd also go at Kevin King because he's dealing with like injuries. And when you're dealing with injuries, you're not always 100%. Oh, Speaking yeah, of like their corners, though, last week, Amari Cooper had 11 receptions for 226 yards and a touchdown. Michael Gallup had seven receptions, 113 yards and a touchdown. Randall Cobb had three receptions for 53 yards. And then, yeah, I mean, their corners, they're young. They're still good, but they're still young. I still test them out. Yeah, I, I agree, man. But let's bring up that Cowboys game. And I, I know you might get frustrated with what I have to say about this. A lot of that was, I can't say garbage time because they were technically still in the game. But they were down 21 damn zero <laughs> and in their own home. And, of course, their, wide receiver, or their receiver numbers are going to look a lot better because they're going to play a lot more soft coverage. So I still think their secondary is going to play well. So I, I'm not taking those numbers too much into account, honestly, for what like how – if their number, I don't know what they're ranked, honestly, in you know, past defense, but I'm not going to take it too much into account because they did a, a damn good job on that Dallas offense in general. It's a very good offense, who I think is probably a better offense than Detroit's, and they shot them out in the first half in their own home. So that defense is damn legit, man. Uh, the, the only difference is I believe um, our quarterback is light, year, light years better than their quarterback. Light years? I, I think it's like a million times better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I, I think it's so that the, the talent is so far off that because the, the throws Dak was making that game was just like who's he throwing the ball to? Yeah, yeah I mean, like it, 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 like it was just horrible. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, our our their our quarterback is better than theirs, but you way every, better. You look at every other position though, like their offensive line is better than ours. Their run game's a lot better than ours, and their wide receivers are better than ours. So. Uh. Um. I don't know if they're wide receivers. I don't receiver think uh, their wide receivers are not better than us. They have a wide receiver, but we compare as far as because I look at our wide receiving core, and I believe look we have that. two number one receivers. I, I do believe know. Marvin Jones is still a number one receiver, and I think Kenny Galladay is a number one receiver. And um, T- Danny Mandola, I think he's way you know, I think he's better than the Cowboys' third option. I think he's better than Cobb right. Right now, uh, right. I don't know. As of I right now, kind of sad. They're both kind of like the same. They're both savvy. I, I look at our group honestly. You say two number ones. They kind of look at it as more of like a low number one and a high end number two. Or you could maybe even make the argument two high end. Both of those two. guys could get a thousand yards easily. Well, Pro Football Focus has them at um, Marvin at thirteen and like the thirteenth best receiver, and Kenny at the sixteenth best receiver. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it is. But we've played some pretty bad secondaries as well. Arizona. Philadelphia, LA. Yeah, I mean, true, but they've the, got the, the job done, though. Yeah, the thing is, I think these guys, both of these guys, any of these guys, I like. I want to be surprised if Marvin Jones ended this season with thousand yards and Kenny Galladay ended with thousand yards. I mean, those guys are just yeah. that good. Well, that's because that's like the only weapon. I we can't say that with the Cowboys. Well, yeah, because you have a, a tr- they have a true number one wide receiver. That's why. No, but yeah. is their number two better than Marvin Jones? Well, Michael Gallup, he's no. been balling this year when healthy. Yeah, but but I'm saying is that. Marvin Jones is a higher number two. Is like I look. Let's, I don't know. <laughs> let's get back into topic though. Let's not talk yeah. about that. Yeah, 
I know we're talking about a little bit too much about Dallas. <laughs> oh, I want to talk about some of Green Bay's like tendencies. Okay, yeah, the Packers have had like around like sixty plus first downs, and only like three of them they didn't play this. They run a lot of eleven personnel on their third down. Eleven personnel is basically three wide receivers, one tight end, run running back. So they have tendencies on third down, and they're kind of like they're not they're kind of struggling on third down as well, offensively. They're also doing that on like fourth down plays too. They're playing a lot of eleven personnel. I read like a thing. Some of the Packers, like one Packers writer, thinks they should play some twelve personnel, maybe a little to confuse the defense. But they're running a lot of eleven, and that is about it about the Packers. Now let's get into the, our bold predictions and score predictions. So let let me read off the record so you guys could keep track at home, and maybe we'll count in a fan. Well, you know what? I want to do this. We'll do on Instagram, on the Pride Podcast Instagram. This is new. I'm, I'm not even asked them if they want to do We're doing it anyways. Malcolm, you're doing this on the Pride Podcast Instagram. <laughs> we're going we're, we're to do a poll every week, even though I know it's probably going to be biased a lot of weeks. But um, whoever the Lions play every week, we're going to have a fan vote in our bold prediction. I know we're four weeks late into this, but whatever. We'll start it now. So standing at first place, there's a tie at first place. Me and Malcolm are three and one right now. And our predictions and Peter's at two and two. So we'll see that. And you guys are currently 0 and 0 right now. So you guys are, you know, you guys are 500 right now. But me and Malcolm are above 500. All right, Peter, since you are at the bottom, you get first dibs. Who are you taking to win this game? And what is your bold prediction to go with it? All right, my bold prediction is I think Snacks will have two tackles for a loss. This is a game Snacks bounces back. He's had um, a week off. He had. Wednesday off. They gave him Wednesday off for a rest. He better be motivated. He has been playing like Snacks. He's going to be Snacks this week. He's going to wreak havoc. He's going to stop the run game. Snacks Harrison's about to go off. I don't know if that's really bold, but that's my bold prediction for now because we haven't seen out of him this year. And my prediction is um, I have us winning, actually. One, Devontae Adams isn't playing, so Detroit's going to focus on stopping the run. Two is the Packers just refuse to stop throwing, and I don't think that's smart in today's NFL because Detroit could control the clock like that. They could control the momentum. I just think the Lions will run it on them, ground and pound, open up the play-action game, get the receivers involved, um, short passing game involved, get these. So I think we'll win. Give me 27-23 to 23 Detroit. Okay, big nice. one in Lambeau Fields. All right, Malcolm, who do you got? All right, so for my bold prediction, I have the Lions getting a total of five sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I want a good five sacks. And, and, and I know you guys said that the offensive line for Pat Green Bay is looking nice. Right. But I think for some reason, like, our defensive line steps up. It's like they know, like, this is a, a division game. And that defensive line, even last year, they step, they step up. Right. And they, 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 call, they cause havoc. And I see it happen in this game. So five sacks. On Aaron Rodgers mm. this game. Okay. Um, yep. And nope. my score prediction, I'm definitely um, taking the Lions. Um, I think this is a game where the media is going to see, you know, what Detroit football is all about. And I have us winning um, 24-21. So 24-21 Lions. Wow. Okay. So for my bold prediction, I'll get off with that. You guys hate my bold prediction. I know that. But um, I got, you know, got two dynamic quarterbacks in this game, right? Matthew Stafford and Rodgers, right? So my bold prediction is. I'm going to say something bad. 
Don't tell her. Don't say something bad. Like, like they're gonna throw ten picks each. Watch. You say something crazy. Watch. That that them both of them combined. Oh, don't say this shit. Will only throw one passing touchdown. Huh? What? I think it's gonna be a run game, man. I think it's gonna be a run game. Passing touchdown. Combined. So combined. Someone's gonna have zero. I want to say, um, what was the score? Oh, what's your score, Tyler? Oh no, I'll get you my score. What do you have to say, Pierre? No, no, like after the score. Oh, okay. Say your thing. All right. right, So yeah, I think it'll be one combined touchdown. And I've been going. (laughs) And I've been battling like all week if I should take the Lions or not. But after looking at Green Bay's injury report. I wanted to really see if Devontae Adams was a go. And that was almost like my final decision if I was going to take the Lions or I was going to take the Packers. So at Lambeau Field, Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers thrives on primetime games. But fuck it. Why not? Let's take the Lions to win this game 24-23 to in a head-to-head battle. And like I said, Devontae Adams was my deciding factor of me choosing the Lions this game. If Devontae was healthy and 100% healthy to go, I probably would take the Packers, but that is not the case. So I'm going with the Detroit Lions coming off a bye week, rolling into Lambeau Field, and keeping that streak against Green Bay, man. Keep that thousand day streak going. So I'm going to say 24 to 23, Detroit. Okay, I like that. All right. I know we mentioned this a little in the podcast, but I want to say it again because it's important. Patricia is coming off a bye week. He's a defensive genius. He's a genius in game planning. I love his game plan so far. I think he's going to go. He's going to throw curveballs on both sides of the ball, stuff that the Packers have never seen before. I think we'll see maybe some trick plays, not trick plays necessarily, but a lot of confusion. I just think that the Lions will come out and just win this game, like how I said, just because they're coming off a bye week and the injuries. So that bye week is huge. Patricia's just a genius. Yeah, and um. Green Bay is coming off a tough, or, you know, they won a the game. They played well. Hard fought game in Dallas, too. And in Dallas. So that's fun, definitely wait, something you can count. Wait, real, real quick, fun fact. Um, did we come off the bye when we played the Dolphins? Did we come off the bye? Tyler knows. Tyler remembers yeah. everything. Yeah, we, we did, did, right? We came off the bye and played the Dolphins, and, right? And, and, and guess what? We actually beat the Packers going into the bye. We, paid the Packer, we beat the Packers going to the bye, and then we had a bye. And then we co- had probably, I would say, the best game of the season last year against the Dolphins. A lot tougher competition this year, though. A lot tougher competition <laughs> this year, but you saw how the offense looked last year when they came off the bye. So I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, man. Definitely excited, man. All right, guys. That is a wrap to episode 48 of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This was a fun episode of recording. Like I said, thank you guys so much for all the support you guys have given us, you know, these last few weeks. It's just been outstanding. And all three of us, man, we're really appreciative of you guys. But, you know, Lions got a big game Monday night in Lambeau prime time. So it's been a long time since since, since the bye week. So um, need to boot up and stand up whoever's going to Green Bay. I'm out, Detroit fans. Let's go, Lions. See y'all. All right, all right, guys. Thanks for the support. Make sure you subscribe, review, and rate on Apple Music and podcast. And podcast, yes. And uh, thanks for all the support. I'm Pierre. I'm out. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>
The Pride Podcast is sponsored by the D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. Visit thedline.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. The D-Line.com for Detroiters made by Detroiters.